welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month while one slowly dies. I am the aforementioned girlfriend. I am Cindy. I'm Josh. I'm not the girlfriend. Nope, but he's the one who is always trying to kill me. Uh, sometimes it is through three-hour movies. Sometimes it's through uh, jump scares that make me pass out. But all the time we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, and the end game is... <laughs> The crippling debt you've accrued somehow coming to me. (laughs) Yay. Uh, No, the biggest chunk of my debt is student loans, and those go away only if you die. But we don't, you know. No, no. Uh? let's be a little more positive. Mm. You could be, like, Mm? totally incapacitated, at which point they're also discharged. Uh, Nice. Or it could be that I've spent 15, nope, 20 years in working in um, Title I and low-income schooling and was promised that they'd be, you know, oh, don't worry, they'll be forgiven. And they forgave $2,500 of a $50,000 loan. What, what? America. That's the the energy we're bringing to you today, folks. (laughs) It is. As we talk about a real banger so this month uh josh is just excited and just spilling out all over we are doing the phantasm movies uh we are up to phantasm part two which does not have a subtitle some would argue it's the best would you be that someone nope i enjoy it though it's really good it's not my favorite though which one well we'll talk about it on when we i guess get to it okay so uh last week we watched phantasm and uh, every day of my life, I pass by a hall dedicated to this movie and all its sequels. I really like it. Except for... There's no Phantasm 5. I have a Phantasm 5 poster that's signed by Dawn. But you just don't put it up. I just haven't got it framed and put it up. Well, okay. So we know that... I know that the Phantasm movies are about um, a teenage boy, which I guess by the time this there's a sequel, he's probably in the 20s. And either he just lost his parents or he just lost his parents and his brother. Um, He's being raised by his brother's best friend or he's being raised by his brother. There is a tall man who has been in his, I almost said village. (laughs) He's been living in the village. He's been living uh, in their neighborhood for hundreds of years and has been donating bodies, giving bodies of people who die to this other dimension to be used as slaves question mark kind of he's not really donating them he's dominating their bodies and using them for his nefarious purposes in another dimension well that hasn't exactly been explained uh nor will it (laughs) okay i thought maybe like you know a little bit more in this okay okay so tell us about this movie then uh phantasm 2 is rated r it is these movies are all about the same length. It's an hour and 37 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was released in 1988. Do you know what happened in 1988? Uh, 1988. That is the first George Bush presidency. Yes. 88 to 92. Sounds about right to me. Um, yeah, was, he was um, elected in 88, mm-hmm. took office in 89. 89. Yeah. So we, election to election, you say 88 to mm-hmm. 92. It's an easy way to remember. Okay. Um, I was in third grade. Uh, that's about all I got. Next. Uh, Bin Laden formed Al-Qaeda. Okay. 
and we never heard from those guys again. Yeah, good thing that never came up again. Uh, Augusto Pinochet was elected. Uh, oh, there's a name I haven't heard. Yeah. He was ousted from power in Chile. Yeah. Finally. Uh, the Dodgers won the World Series. Okay. Uh, they said H.W. became president. Um, and the Lockerbie bombing of that Pan Am flight oh, yeah. happened. That was 1988. 1988. Um, that was the year that we gained Emma Stone, Adele, Haley Joel Osment. How am I that much older um, than Adele? Michael Sarah, Rihanna, and Ana de Armas. And I don't even know who that is. She was um, in Knives Out. Oh, okay. I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> that was the year that we lost Andy Gibb. Okay, yeah. P- Pistol Pete Maravich, yep. Roy Orbison, um, Hal Ashby, mm. and especially sad. That was the year that we doubly lost child actors Judith Barcy, who was um, in Jaws 4, and she was also the voice of Ducky in The Land Before Time. Okay. Um, I believe her father murdered her, if I'm not mistaken. What a great, great <laughs> yeah. piece of little nugget of information uh, for us to all talk about. From Poltergeist. Poltergeist, the young yeah. child misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease. So that was where we lost both of those. I say okay. allegedly. I, I know she was murdered. I just can't remember who murdered I think it was her dad. Oh, not. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, in case you're wondering, hey, what movies came out that year? Because if you're like me, you... Was one of them Phantasm? Remember... Well, no, because that would have been... Like, I mean, Phantasm 2? Yeah, Phantasm 2. Uh, if you're like, hey, what, what came out in 1988? Uh, Dead Ringers. Which Beetle we have Juice, done. Die favorites. Hard. Bloodsport. Willow. <laughs> Who framed Who framed Roger Rabbit? Another one of my favorites. They live. One of Another my one of our favorites. Uh, Heather's Akira, The Land Before Time. Mm. Um, let's see, The Naked Gun, Child's Play, Young Guns, Mississippi Burning, The Blob, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, so eighty eight was eighty eight is the first year that I remember being at a movie. I definitely saw because the Land I Time. right I saw The Land Before I. Definitely saw The Land Before Time in theaters. I may have seen something else before then, but my memory of going to movies begins with Land Before Time. So I don't know. I could look this up. I probably should. But okay. it's like shrouded in the, the mist of my early life. I definitely saw G.I. Joe the movie, Transformers okay. the movie, and The Land Before Time, like around each other. But you're not sure which one came but first. But I don't know which one came out first. And here's the thing. I know 89 really well because the next year, I think, was Turtles and it was definitely Batman. Okay. And I remember, like, I definitely remember going to see Batman. So. I did not see Batman. Wait. You were the I only did one. see it in the theater. I yeah, say, I did. You were the only person. Didn't I did. See I Batman did. Yes. In 89. Because I remember I didn't quite understand a lot of it because that first one is, like, way dark. But no, I definitely. Yeah, yeah. I saw it for sure. That's the one with Kim Basinger or Bassinger or whatever her name is. Batman is crazy because it's so dark. And then they were like, it was a hit. Do whatever you want. And he was like, what if I made Batman Returns? Yeah. Which and is insane. That that's my favorite Batman insane. movie. It's crazy. It's perfect. bananas. Um, also bananas. Phantasm mm-hmm. 2. Okay. So um, this movie. The, the, this is the big thing with Phantasm that it's all like the same cast, right? Like everybody. Well, this is nobody the movie gets that's got one out. different person. But do they don't have somebody else play him do they yeah oh okay they do um and we'll i'll talk about that in a minute when we get to him but so this is movie like basically most of the phantasms is written and directed by don coscarelli Mm -hmm. um he had at this point already done jim the world's greatest and 
the first phantasm, say, um, he had like the Beastmaster blow up in his face, um, and then he ended up doing the Dio Last in Line video. Oh, really? Yeah, that's Don. Uh, and then he ended up doing Phantasm Two and then Survival Quest, which is like a Lance Hendrickson people in the woods on like a corporate retreat team building exercise gone horror. <laughs> it's a thing. It's actually a pretty good movie. Uh, it's this movie's executive produced by his father, um, Dak Cascarelli. And then I just want to point out. You say Dad Cascarelli? Dak. I thought you just Coscarelli. said Dad Cascarelli. And I was like, oh, okay. That's Dad. how he's known in the fandom. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point out the makeup on this movie was done by mm-hmm. three people. First, Robert Kurtzman, who is the director of Wishmaster. Don't know anything. Um, yeah, he did makeup on Night of the Creeps, Evil Dead 2, The Hidden, Nightmare 5, Bride of Reanimator, Misery, okay. Army of Darkness, Pulp Fiction, In the Mouth of Madness, New Nightmare, Scream, Baba Hotep, It Follows, and Doctor Sleep. He's a go. big fucking deal. <laughs> there you go. Uh, then there's Greg Nicotero, who is a director. He became a director who did a lot of episodes of The Walking Dead and The Creep Show Show on Shudder. All right. He started out doing uh, makeup and acting in... Day of the Dead with Romero. He ended up, uh, he did Evil Dead 2, Creepshow 2, mm-hmm. um, Bride of Reanimator, Army of Darkness, Pulp Fiction, New Nightmare, From Dust Till Dawn, Boogie Nights, Mulholland Drive, Kill Bill 1 and 2, and Land of the Dead. Wow. That's uh, quite and, a resume. Right? It, th- these are titans. The 80s effects. and 90s were good to them. Um, yeah. Mark Showstrom, who did Nightmare 2, uh, From Beyond, Evil Dead 2, um, Prince of Darkness, Poltergeist 3, okay. Phantasm 2 and 3, like... These guys did the effects for this movie. And spoiler alert, the effects for this movie are fucking dope. This right. is the best. But it's still not your favorite. This is the best of all the effects. Okay. In any of the Phantasm movies is Phantasm 2. Um, okay. So the cast of this thing. Hit me. Um, playing Mike. Playing our child the, lead. Yeah, the one who I, I assume adult. yeah, is probably like in his early 20s. Yeah. Um, we, we lose a Michael Baldwin. All right, we so, knew that. We knew he wasn't returning, but he comes back in three. Yeah. So I just assumed they wrote out his character. So the we talk about Phantasm being like a independent film that was just made on For, weekends right. with like local, just like people. a passion project. And he was able to like save like most of the cast for this film, except okay, Universal had bought the rights to distribute Phantasm. Okay. And they owned basically like. Dibs on the, the copyright and all that, yeah. Um, and in this, the eighties, and there was this big horror boom, right? Everyone right. knows this is a massive horror boom in the eighties. And Universal the money. didn't really have a horror franchise, so they put their money in Phantasm. And you're talking about the studio that essentially invented American horror with like mm-hmm. Dracula, yeah. and Frankenstein, and they're like, we need a horror franchise. All these studios are cleaning up with horror movies. We need something that's like a a Freddy or a Jason or a Michael. I can see where Phantasm might and fit that bill. They're like, do we own anything? And someone's like, we own the rights to make a Phantasm? Why don't we just do that? Because it made a shitload of money off nothing. Yeah. So Universal Studios financed a fairly decent sized budget Phantasm movie and it bombed. Oh. <laughs> I remember uh, when you, we first started kind of talking about this, I thought it, I, I likened it to the Kevin Smith. He did Clerks, which was this indie passion project that really, you know, went wild. His next movie is a very big budgeted, you know, all the effects, all the money that you want. In uh, Kevin Smith's case, it was 
uh, mall rats and it bombs. And then you kind of go back to like three, like the third part in that world kind of goes back to, okay, we're finding our groove. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's, it's this idea of like, Hey, the first one was a huge success. It'd be like if they made star Wars Mm -hmm. and then star Wars was a mega hit. And then they're like, all right, well we're done with that. And then 10 years later, someone was like, what if we made another star Wars? And then it came out, and no one saw it yeah. when they first came. Like, okay. like, what the fuck? Same thing happened to Critters, right? Yeah. Like, Critters was a pretty big hit, and then Critters 2 came out way, like, two years later, and people were like, nah, we're good. We don't like Critters 2, even though Critters 2 fucking rules. We like. So, Universal's big thing was, like, you can have the cast, you can have Reggie come back as the Ice Cream Man, and mm-hmm. Angus, definitely the Tall Man, like, every... But if we're going to have the lead be Mike... Okay. We want him to be, like... Someone a little more conventionally attractive and oh, maybe more Mike. There's nothing wrong with Mike. Okay. So they so did who? like a, they did a casting call and a bunch of people were considered, but it ended up being James Legros. Who was that? Um, who was in up until this point? Really, his big claim was Solar Babies. Oh, he was in Drugstore Cowboy. He was in Point Break. He was in Singles. He ended up being in Zodiac. Okay. He he was like a. Just like a background kind of guy? Like a, like a heartthrobby guy, but who was very into, like, the idea of, like, being an actor. All right. Um, so they bring him into play. Take Mike. it seriously. So there is an opening in this. Like, you, there are scenes that were shot with A. Michael Ball when he was little for the first Fantastic. Right. Like but they didn't this. use... Okay. So he... A. Michael Baldwin technically is in this movie for a couple scenes as a small child, like, basically Phantasm 1 age. Gotcha. And then it just turns into James Legro being Mike. Okay. So. So. Just huh. so you know. Okay. Um, and then Reggie. It just. They don't explain it. Yeah. Reggie returns um, as Reggie. Everyone's favorite ice cream vendor. Yep. Hell bent to stop the tall Bald man. Bald in a ponytail. Uh, Ang- <laughs> His hair gets so fucking ridiculous. This movie's going. Uh, Angus Grimm returns as the tall man. Uh, Paula Irvine returns as Liz. We get Samantha Phillips playing a character named Alchemy. Oh, what a name. Yeah. Okay, alchemy. Yeah. Um, she was an actress, a radio host, a model, a penthouse pet, a uh, reality TV star. We found our TNA friends. Yeah. Um, she was also a TV producer. Is a whole thing. She, um, yeah. Yeah. She is, okay, fun fact, you have seen her a million times. Ooh, how, when, where, this why? A weird fact. So she's done a bunch of like weird reality shit you'd never heard of. Okay. But she is, I want you to, in your head. In my head. Picture Weird Al's Amish Paradise video. Okay. Do you remember? His wife? The Amish centerfold. They open up and she's. <gasps> yes. It's her. That is not where my head went. <laughs> nice. It's okay. Her. It's her. She's the Amish centerfold. So yeah, I have seen her a bunch. Yeah. It's very strange. So there you go. I do love Weird Al. Uh, <laughs> um, the tagline for this movie is, is "The ball is back." That's all. I've, that's all we care about, honestly. Because the stars. One note more. Ball. The stars of the movie never been said. Before. The Silver Spheres do make a return in this. Well, I I kind of in the first one was curious. I I really thought they'd be um they'd be much more prominent. Oh, just just because of like what I know on the posters and. The fact that we have a silver ball thingy it's sitting right over there. Okay, so just you wait. All right. They, they become nope, way, taken. way more um, a part of the franchise as the okay. movie's Okay, the mythos of it. Okay. 
So. All right. Well, it is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a uh, poster of the movie and I try and tell you what the plot will be. But again, I pass by this poster 20 times a day, if not more, double that in our phantasm hallway. So I'm going to say that this movie, um, so the last movie ended where we weren't sure what the reality was, whether it was he lost his brother and his parents, or he just lost his parents. You know, so I think we're going to come to, and they'll have picked a timeline, but he'll have dreams of the other timeline. And then he'll be like, something, I I know something happened. And then he'll go back to the mausoleum and then it will all come back. And then somehow he'll set the ship right again and he'll get the right actor playing his brother. No? There's parts that are right, but not for Phantasm (laughs) 2. Okay. I know it's weird. Um, Uh, Sure. No? Yes? I'm going to go with, How'd I do? I mean, you did really well considering how insane these movies are. Okay. And hard to follow logically they are. Uh, Fair. Okay. We didn't talk about this with the first film. And I think I should just go ahead and say this now. All right. The Phantasm movies really rely on dream logic. Right. Like. We did talk about this a little bit last episode. And I'm saying this to you, but also mostly to the people who hear this. Mm -hmm. To really enjoy the Phantasm movies. Um, you can't really spend your time trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen, what happened, um, what logically makes sense. You just have to kind of... Just enjoy the ride and then enjoy, like, I just enjoy the characters and being with them. Um, and then I I take everything as it comes. And I'm not saying that in the way that, like, this movie's bad or, like, it's got massive plot holes. It's Mm -hmm. just... It's a movie that relies on dream logic. You just have to protect, you just have to go into it knowing that it's like a dream. Right. Not to the extent that like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies do, which those are very much like clearly, hey, these are dreams um, at times. But this these movies have a lot of twists and turns and they're designed to kind of Lynchian okay. in a way, like logic wise. Like if you ordered David Lynch on just, Wish? No, because that I feel like that's a that's like disrespectful. Okay. I won't. I won't say like that. like saying so, like to me, and I, I could be wrong, but when I see, you hear it's like like something from which it means just like this thing, but it's the shitty version of this thing. And I I love Don Coscarelli. I love these movies, and technically, like, well, I think Eraserhead came out in '79, so they about the same time. Okay. I don't know. It's just this weird. Just enjoy the ride. Like, All right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Well, we're watching this on, uh, you know, some sort of special gold-plated whatever nonsense. Um, <laughs> it is available for uh, on every platform. Um, pieces of one were available on YouTube, um, I assume. But, you know, Amazon and yeah. iTunes and things like that, it's, or, you know, it, it's easily bought. Yeah. The thing is, though, Phantasm 2 is the weird one mm-hmm. where all the rights to everything have reverted to Dawn except for 2. So let's see. So two has become, it used to be the easiest one to see. Like it used to be the one that Joe Bob did all the time on Monster Vision on Saturday nights. He never did the other. He did two. That was only ever did. Um, but then it became like two became the fucking hard one to see. Like Universal stopped. Like they just didn't want to. Releasing it by itself. Yeah. And then they released it in that box set. But I don't think they've put it. Out. I don't even know. Yeah. So it's out there. You can find it. You can watch it. You should. Phantasm two is worth a watch but i'm just saying like 
it's going to be the hardest one to find of the four. Five. Sorry. Five. All right. Well, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind. A phantom. A spirit. A ghost. For ten years, the secret of Paragord Cemetery has remained a mystery. Now, three innocent people are about to discover the ultimate evil. You think that when you die, you go to heaven. <laughs> you come to us. Summer, the ball is back. Phantasm 2. It's only a dream. It's a dream. No, it's not. Rated R. Hi, welcome back. We watched Phantasm 2. What did everybody think? What'd you think of that hot sex scene with a bald guy with a ponytail? Mmm, that was sexy. Reggie thrashing herself about wearing panties and him in jeans show some yeah show some respect for the man <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's reggie okay um oh my god phantasm 2 oh my god phantasm 2 i did like this one much better than the first one I, but i can't tell you why i think i know why <laughs> all right let's go ahead and just get this out of the way now um we talked in the front half how this is a studio movie right like they essentially like when i say they i mean universal was like we don't have a horror franchise everyone else has a horror right. franchise in the 80s this Kinda was supposed to be their phantasm rights right why don't we make a fucking phantasm movie and keep in mind this is like 10 years after the first phantasm essentially when this comes out mm-hmm. um almost 10 years and <laughs> didn't okay. do well but the reason i think you like this movie so much better than the first one is there was no one um, watching Don make the first one, being like, "Hey, make, make it make sense a little bit more. Do this. Do, do nobody that. did that. Like, no, it was just it Dawn. was a little it was just wild. Don shooting on the fucking weekends <laughs> with his friends and like actors. The making of this is hilarious. Yeah. If you had told me nothing other than this is a movie where we forced AI to listen to a hundred hours of people describing dreams and then create a movie." A horror movie like this would be it there's like a weird sex scene between people that are not well matched there's a vi- girl with visions in love with a boy she grew up with is she seeing through him or of him um and then he's not the same kid um there's a hitchhiker there's someone named alchemy same person the hitchhiker, hitchhiker is, alchemy. is alchemy but i mean this movie was insane kemi for short kemi for short i mean that's kind of a dope ass name but still that's crazy there you go. Um, the biggest budgeted of the fran- of the franchise. This movie three million three million dollars. This was a three million dollar movie. Might be the probably is the biggest budget of Don's career. Three million dollars, wow. which in the eighties was sizable. Um, okay, for a horror film, you know that the sequel had come out ten years prior. But you think about it now, right? Okay. Now every movie's like 
It's a, it's a, a sh- just under a million, or it's one hundred million dollars. <laughs> there's yeah, nothing in the there's middle. nothing in between. The bell curve on movie budgets these days is wild. Right. Um, um, so let's oh, try to. <laughs> I love these movies, but they are hard as fuck to describe. Um, okay. Yes, there is a character named Liz Reynolds. She's a young woman who has a psychic bond with Mike. Mike, who is the main character from the first film. The kid. Um, They do a really interesting switcheroo. I did. Okay. Like how they did it is interesting. Is interesting. Um, Where she kind of has this vision of him. Yeah. And sketches it out. And you're like, okay, I can kind of see. And then it fades into him. Okay. James LeGrow, not a Michael Baldwin. Um, And that was the big thing. Mm -hmm. Essentially, Universal let all of the arism arism goddamn arism <laughs> yeah right my, my head's in rap mode they let all the original actors come back and audition for their parts because they were like it's so demeaning you have to audition for your part we're cool to just recast everyone except for angus Grimm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were essentially like at the bare at the very least like we're gonna keep angus um and reggie had to win his part back yeah that kind of sucks right and he was the best bald former ice cream salesman yes. <laughs> they had. Favorite line in the whole movie, by the way. We'll get to that later. Okay. Um, but what we had was Universal. <laughs> He's giggling, you guys. Universal so was happy. like, okay, we'll give you Reggie Bannister playing like the second lead. Okay. If but what a was Michael there? Baldwin hadn't acted in a hot minute. Like he was a child actor who was in Phantasm and then he had quit acting and was doing other things and he auditioned and universal was like nope listen so they put this guy in this is the movie that we are willing to make we're willing to fund this bananas movie (laughs) the only thing that we are not going to budge on is not this guy you will have a different lead (laughs) like you will have a different and i think i hate that that it wasn't uh yeah their choice sort of a thing. And, and I, I th- thought maybe like the kid I feel just like if Michael Baldwin would have been the <laughs> Michael, lead. Michael Baldwin, the forgotten yeah. Baldwin brother. A, a Michael Baldwin, the best Baldwin brother. Um, if he had been the lead as Mike in this movie, this would probably be my favorite Phantasm movie. Because um, this is a fucking good one. Okay. But. It's not your favorite? No. Mm, I know next, you like it better than one. We've talked week. about that. Okay. I do love fucking love three. Um, for one scene in particular. But, yeah. So, <laughs> James LeGrow comes in, and they're like, this is the fucking guy. So, he plays Mike, who has this psychic connection with Liz. Right. Who is a character from the first film. He sees her in his dreams. She has visions of him. Yeah. Not, that's never explained. They kind of have, well, in a deleted scene, they have sex in their minds. Ew. Well before Demolition Man did it. Oh. Just Still throwing it out there. Demolition Man. And the weirdest, is it a uh, Flowers in the Attic scenario? <laughs> Demolition Man, they're like, is Sandra Bullock like his daughter? They definitely, that was my We don't know. They have, they have like computer sex with their brains in those machines, though. Sure do. Um, that's a thing. Fucking Demolition Different man. movie, different movie Demolition for a different time. Man. Um, I, I just point out, I want to point out that. So James LeGro came in and auditioned and won. The other person who auditioned for Mike, and they were like, We'll probably go with him until James LeGro wowed them was Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, shit. This was like pre-Brad Pitt being Brad Pitt, obviously. Right? Like, if Brad Pitt had walked in post-Thelma and Louise, he's getting the part. <laughs> but um, this was like 
80s Brad Pitt, where he just popped up in, like, random shit. Um, so, yeah, it did end up going with James LeGro. What? Could you imagine if this was, like, a weird... Hey, remember when Brad Pitt was in Phantasm 2? That'd be insane. Right? I mean, I guess not as insane as, you know, like, Jennifer Aniston and... Um, Leprechaun? Leprechaun, or, you know, like, oh, yeah, I guess... I mean, we have def- a few of those things, but that would be wild. Courtney wild. Cox in Masters of the Universe. Courtney Cox in the Bruce Springsteen video. <laughs> Masters, Masters of the Universe. He's lost <laughs> it. Courtney Cox. Come on. Um, focus back. You got to focus I'm on Phantasm 2. I'm having such a good time right now, y'all. Um, yeah, so they have this psychic connection and this is the first time and i think really the only time in the franchise where they're like other people have a weird connection to the tall man it's not just mike right um spoiler alert it'll basically just be mike from From here on out okay and it'll be a really weird connection bookmark that for next week yeah uh and liz's whole thing is her grandfather has died right and she's like the tall man's gonna get me come find me mike yeah and mike has to like pretend be- that everything was a dream, nothing was real. The tall man's not, he has to basically deny all of it right. to get out of the mental institution he's and been Reggie, in. And um, Reggie, so it's been like, what, seven years? Is that how long it was? About, yeah. And like Reggie is married and has a little girl and he's so excited for his life. And then we learned that the tall man has been just going around to like these little towns and just eating them, essentially, like as people die off, yeah. you know, t- sending them to his other realm. Baddies. And... By God, I do. Reg loses his unseen wife and child. Yes, um, and that made me very unhappy. <laughs> everyone loves Reggie. This is the movie where this is Reggie's movie. This is the movie where everyone's like, "Oh, Reggie's kind of the best character." Like the first film, you see him; he's kind of the background character, and you're like, "It's Reg. He's fun." And then this is the movie where it's like, "Oh, we should probably spend more time with Reggie. Reggie is bad. He's everyone's favorite character, other than Tall Man." Uh, I we did forget the opening because this sets the phantasm standard of every phantasm film opening basically where the last one left off, mm-hmm. like immediately. So they use footage they shot with um, a Michael Baldwin for the original phantasm okay. at the end of the movie, where it, it basically picks up oh. where he's sitting in Reggie's house and they're having that moment. They blow up two fucking houses. Yes, they well, do. There's, there's three few, house explosions. Yeah, there's big explosions. Same explosion. More on that later. Okay. But it's this thing where the tall man attacks with the little Jawa people. That's a good way to, yeah. I know you meant. The the little midgets or whatever you call them. And Reggie blows up his house to save Mike. Which is then crazy because seven years later, he's telling Mike, like, none of that was real. And it's like, you blew up your fucking house. (laughs) Like, you blew up your house, Reggie. Yeah. Because you saw it too. But whatever. And that's how he gets them back. But it's dream logic. And this movie essentially just turns into a road movie where after Reggie's house has been blown up a second time with his wife inside it. And, and child, child. And mother-in-law who was making dinner for Mike. <laughs> they go uh, across Oregon, which looks suspiciously a lot like Southern California. Right. And Totally normal. Go from town to, like dead town to dead town, like you were saying. And then looking for the tall man and Liz. And that's when they come across alchemy. Well, first they find her in the first town they stop in, right? In the mortuary. She's dead on the slab. She's the dead body that Mike sees. And then when he turns and looks back, she's gone. Yeah. And then they find her hitchhiking. Right. 
Alchemy. Um, and that's also where they find the apparition of Liz with the little tall man head coming out of her back that's like, travel, travel west, terrible. <laughs> right. got the high-pitched voice. For no reason. Um, and then this is intercut with Liz's grandfather coming back from the dead and menacing this hard-drinking priest and killing Liz's mom or grandmother. Um, grandmother. Yeah. And then... <laughs> The priest there, tries no, she to never stop. speaks of her mom. Yeah, the priest stabs the dead grandfather in the heart like a vampire. And then the tall man's just like, bro. Bro. You think when you die, you go to heaven? No, when you, you die, you come to me, you bitch. Come to us. Uh, and then he kills him with his crucifix, with his magic science fiction, other world powers. Yep. Very vague powers. Vague. I, we still don't know where they come from or anything, but that's um, fine. And then all of our heroes meet. Right, they, they end up going to Paragort, uh, which has this giant cemetery, because like that's that where Alchemy's family owns a bed and breakfast <laughs> that's been boarded up, and they get in there and kill the family cat with a booby trap. Um, that's where the panties on sex happens with Reggie. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I told you this before we even recorded, because I thought it was so funny. Like, the actress that plays Alchemy, um, Samantha Phillips told Don she was like hey I'm like 25 why would I want to fuck this guy <laughs> the only thing what they said all was you have like a bald fetish so she <laughs> and was so like, she just max on that she's like slapping the shit out of Reggie's head licking like, oh, it fucking it's... love your head Reg um, <laughs> because Reggie is everything that is funny and amazing about Phantasm outside of the doll man um and then Liz gets captured, and they end up going to the mortuary and have a very, it's like a very, I'll say large, it's a larger scale version of the fight from the end of the first Phantasm, right? Where there's like three balls now, and one is right. the gold ball. There were a lot of they balls. They called it the Rambo ball, and it had like lasers coming out yep. of it. and Right? And then they you go back to the other dimension, and the other dimension's bigger. Like they use the budget very it, yes. well in this movie. Tell me about the explosions, though. Um, yeah, so there's three house explosions in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Well, three shots of the house exploding. There's the back in time, seven years ago, Reggie jumps out the window, and then they run away. And he's okay. got the clearly not Mike, because Mike was seven years older and not in this movie. So he's got the person with, like, the Mike hair. Mm-hmm. You see him from behind, and they're like, oh. Yes. And then the house explodes. And then... <laughs> You see the, the Hemikuta driving towards the house. Right. And Mike is talking, and you see that it's James LeGrow. Oh, yeah. Okay, I forgot and about that And the house part. explodes whenever they're like, he's like, Reg, you got to get him out of there. The house is going to explode. And then you get the shot of the house exploding, and then the badass, like, Angus Scrim just looks at the house and doesn't even react to it. Same house. <laughs> they shot that from three different sides. Whoa. Because they were like, they bought a... So there was a row of houses that were being moved or torn down to make way for like a freeway project near the airport, LAX. And they bought that house for $500. (laughs) And they're like, we're just going to blow it the fuck up. And they Um, did. And they did. It was a good blow up. And the best part is there's so much weird things around these explosions. The fire marshal that came was like super like, hey, you're near 
an airport like you can only do this much you can't this like the explosion can't be this big like you have to do this window like that all like li- all these limiting factors and then someone was like told him it was phantasm 2 and he was like wait this is phantasm 2 and they're like yeah he's like you make this explosion as big as you want and to it was it. big <laughs> they just rigged it and it fucking blew up um so apparently the little mike that's like Reggie has his arm over. Okay. That was Lori Laughlin as like a child stunt double. It would go on to be Aunt Becky from Full House. Really? Yeah. That's an... Oh, wow. Because they're like, we need, we need a small, slender child with that haircut. And that was her. Okay. <laughs> what a weird connection. Like seven years later, no boy had that haircut that Mike had in the first movie. That's hilarious. So there you go. Um... And then it's James LeGros and a stunt double playing Reggie from behind in the car when they're driving. And that's why Reggie doesn't turn when James LeGros is like, he's going to blow up the house. So there you go. Um, <laughs> just one explode. They're like, we're going to blow this up, house up fucking once. And we're going to shoot it from three different sides. And we're going to use it in three different shots for two different explosions. I didn't even notice. So I don't know what that says either for my house attention span or how they made it work they built a second story like a fake second story onto the house okay on one side to make it look like a different house and also to justify like mike and reggie jumping out of the second story window oh right because there wasn't actually a second story so yeah that's um, actually really cool it's very interesting now there is a line in this movie and i'm gonna paraphrase it because i can't get exactly right but before they end up fighting the tall man when they accidentally blow the cat up. Accidentally. Right? With that hand grenade. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That trap. Uh-huh. And Mike's just like, like, we can't do this, man. Like, I'm a 19-year-old kid. You're a middle-aged, like, ex-ice cream vendor. We can't do we this. We can't do this. And then, of course, they have to. Yeah. Um, and then they have to leave, like, Alchemy behind and then go to the mortuary to fight it out. And then, like I said, they everything's bigger, Right. Um, the ball goes into that guy's back and then goes around inside his body and then comes out his mouth and gets stuck on his jaw. Mm-hmm. Right. You thought that was particularly yes, gross. Yes, I did. Because I couldn't figure out the why point. it stopped. And you were like, it's hooked on his jaw. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's the, disgusting. The priest's ear gets cut off by the ball before he gets killed by the tall man. Um, they have more of the little dudes, more spheres, more everything. And then... Essentially what they do, they actually kill the tall man in this movie. They have the embalming equipment, which I was slightly perturbed with because some of it was not done right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's something if you've never actually embalmed, if you've never embalmed a body, um, you wouldn't know. But if you have, you'd be like, that's not what that does. Oh. Um, so there's like this yellow dye, which is presumably the same thing that's in the tall man. Okay. Because when we used to embalm, well, when I used to work for a place that embalmed bodies, we used a pink dye. Oh, right. Because it makes you look alive. Gross. So Right? Gross. You just pump a yellow, like a pink dye into people, and then it gives their body that, like, flushed, they're still blood in you color. So there you go. Fun fact. Um, and then Reggie dumps a bunch of hydrochloric acid in it, and then that's what they stab the tall man with and pump him full of, and then his neck and everything is just busting open and blood's going everywhere. Um, but a second one just appears. Like, the tall man is 
infinite. There are Everywhere. potentially an yes. infinite number of him. Yes. And they never said it was him. just a man. There could and be many men. It turns out that alchemy has been uh, the tall man the entire time, potentially. Like, alchemy saves them at the end, and they're driving away, and everyone's like, oh, we killed the tall man. And then there's a uh, casket in the back, which is empty. Right. And then alchemy shuts the and then divider. Yep. And then you're like, oh, Reggie. And you're then it's... it's the tall man. Yep. Um, and that's how the movie ends. Ba-da-bump. Right? Like, it's, it's Mike... And Liz in the back of the hearse, and Mike's like, just close your eyes. It's it's a dream. It's just a dream. And then the divider opens back up, and it's a tall man, and he's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> and then the music, and, you know, it's Phantasm. And spoiler alert, Phantasm 3 will pick up from right that, that shot. Left <laughs> cool. <laughs> from that shot. Um, I just want to point out that we talked about John Kenneth Muir in the last uh, episode, He's a film critic, and he said that this movie, like many films of the 1980s, mm-hmm. shifts its focus to guns. Sequels in the 80s were required to be gorier and filled with guns and bigger than the 70s installments that created a lot of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, the theme of the 80s is bigger is better. So everything has to be upgraded. Like there's a quadruple shotgun in this movie. Right, Reggie combines two double-barreled shotguns into one four-barreled shotgun. <laughs> and, and it's like arrowed. Like the way that he does it is so that it makes like an angle so he can yeah. poke him with it too. There's you know, the golden sphere that's got more weapons. There's a chainsaw duel. Yeah, that's pretty good. The chainsaw duel is funny. Like he says it's still about the loss of his family. Mm-hmm. But now you've got Reggie who's also like having a shared loss. It's about like the, the trauma of loss. But this time, it's not approached in like an abstract, dreamy way. It's a, it's, it's like a tackled in more of an '80s action way, right? Like, it's the. It is very much like an action movie. Yeah, he talks about how, and I, I could see this. The more I think about it, is the first movie is more like when someone dies out of nowhere, and you're just like, "What do I do?" Like, you're confused, and you don't know what's going on, and like, you know, when something traumatic happens, your days kind of run together for a little bit, and. And this, it's like, this movie's angry. Yeah. Like. Well, yeah. I mean, he lost his family. Mm-hmm. It's it's a movie about loss. He lost his brother, lost his reality even. It, yeah, that's exactly what this movie is. So they go on a shopping spree. I say shopping spree because they break into a store and mm-hmm. then Richard pays for everything. Well, that's true. He does. I was good to see. I was glad to see that. He's good people. I enjoyed um, that. Because <laughs> everything Reggie does, we love. We'll see. We'll, we'll put him to the test in the next movie because he's going to be ridiculous. But, yeah, it's this thing where, like, this movie deals with the same themes as the first film, but in a totally different way. Uh, and part of that is the studio being like, you can't make this as weird as the first film. Like, this has to have more of a through line. Like, it has to, like, this movie is a road movie, right? Yes, it's, it's a traveling movie. On the road being best friends fighting evil like that's a genre i don't know what to put the first phantasm into like i don't know what genre the, it, i would put it in a genre with like phantasm and then maybe like carnival of souls <laughs> like these weird like <laughs> these are like dream horror movies okay weird you know not even like a nightmare on elm street because nightmare on elm street like adheres to like kind of blockbustery rules way more than the first phantasm does um, 
Yes. So this movie was released theatrically on July 8th, 1988, and played on 1,227 screens. Um, That's not many. It was a box office box. Well, <laughs> that many in, for this type of movie in the 80s, it was a sizable amount. Like, they went all out thinking, like, this is going to be a hit. Okay. It doesn't seem like a lot, but whatever. Uh, and it was a bomb. And when I say bomb, it made, like, $8 million on a $3 million budget. But you got to figure, like, add another 2 to $3 million for marketing. So it broke even, but it didn't make the money the first one did. Is that how they got the third? Well, it didn't lose money. Yeah, they were like, well, we'll talk about the third when we get to the third. But, like, essentially, this is the movie that takes Universal out of the making Phantasm game. Like, they're like, we're good. We're not making any more. Fa- like, we'll, we're done. We'll release them mm-hmm. if you want to make them on your own. But is we're that not, what he ends up doing? We're not paying to make any more of these movies because it, we think it's a fluke. Like, the first one was such a hit. Um, I think it's, and they the thought it was just done. It was just a break even, right? Right. Like, the first one was like, oh, fucking, like, it, it made millions on top of, like, a nothing budget. And then 10 years later, people were like, you know, there was a sizable Phantasm fan base. But, like, you have to think. Between the time when the first Phantasm came out, right? hmm And this movie. There was Halloween, Halloween 2. Friday the 13th, 1, 2, 3. Okay. 4, 5, 6, whatever. Um, there was Hellraiser. There was... Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, like there the was a lot. Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, all these franchises had started. A lot of sequels and prequels and... You know, there there were whole, like, franchises that mm-hmm. were created and had multiple runs between Phantasm and Phantasm 2. So, like... Oh, wow, yeah. Almost, like... You think ten, about it like that. Ten years is a lot of time. It's true. For there to be no movement on Phantasm and suddenly there's Phantasm. Like, yeah. There's two. And then people were like, the fuck is this? So, it didn't go anywhere like it i mean like it made its money back but that's it right um it has a 38 percent of 16 uh reviews on rotten tomatoes (laughs) right um it's a 42 percent on metacritic it's uh roger ebert hated the shit out of this movie uh he said it was an extended dream without logic or coherent plot full of nightmarish images and no character development yep um, I would disagree on the no character development, Roger, but Roger Ebert hated fucking horror movies. Your hometown paper, the Philadelphia Inquirer, mm, what they have to say? said this movie was, quote, a series of apparently unrelated horrors visited upon good looking blonde people. <laughs> All right. Like, it's so amazing how, like, this movie is very clearly in the mold of the first film. Right. Right. Like, it's a bigger version like, I almost, I hate using the phrase, it's the aliens to alien of the franchise. Because, I mean, it's not that wild a departure. But it's like, hey, this is where all the bananas stuff that everyone <laughs> Begins loves. to happen. Like, all the stuff people love right. about the minutia of the phantasm world where it's like, let's expound on the world. And, like, Reggie's got a four-barrel shotgun. And, you know, there's, like, now there's other balls that do crazy shit. And, the fan, like, all this starts with this movie. And it, it's so weird that this is such, like, for most people, this is their favorite Phantasm movie. And this is the one that they were like, double down, here's all the money. And <laughs> it did not Damn. happen like it was supposed to. Um, Damn. 
Like I said, it. it's a $3 million budget. And just to put that in, in perspective, this was the lowest budgeted film Universal produced in the 80s. <laughs> really? Oh, man. So they were like, sure, we'll give you $3 million. What's the worst that could happen? And it broke even, right? Um, the film, <laughs> it, it was the budget of $3 million, to put it in perspective, was 10 times larger than the first Phantasm movie. Wow. Ten times larger? Yeah. Damn. Than the first Phantasm. Um, I just, I hate that it was, well, I mean, it found its audience. Yeah. Eventually. And Reggie did all of his own stunt, uh, <laughs> stunt work for this movie. Okay. The only one he didn't do is jump over the chainsaw. Like when he's on the. That's not him at the chainsaw. Like on the bookshelf or whatever, and he's climbing up and he's having that chainsaw fight. When he mm-hmm. leaps over the chainsaw guy, that was, that was like a stunt double. That was the only time they were like, hey. Reggie, you can't do that stunt because you might fucking die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don has said he loves this movie, but he is filled with regret that they didn't use a Michael Baldwin, that he wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And he's like, but doesn't he come back? I wish I could have fought harder or like figured out the magical. He's like, because James was great. He loves James LeGrow. And I think James LeGrow and Reggie are awesome together. Like, they re- they have really good chemistry, but fucking, it's a Michael Baldwin's franchise. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, he, Don did say that some of the notes Universal gave him that he had to follow were the, quote, illusionary style of the first movie was discouraged and a more linear plot line was, with voiceover narrations was required. <laughs> They're like, you're going to have voiceover that explains Everything that's what going the on. fuck is happening. Um, no dreams by characters were allowed in the final cut. Aww. Uh, that f- explains yeah. that. A female lead had to be added as a love interest for the character of Mike. That's why we kind this of is bookend. even in the movie. Got it. Right? They're, they're like, how do we cram her into this movie? Oh, Mike's yep. coming to save her because it's all means after them both, I guess. I guess. Right? Like, she feels added to the story. Definitely. And spoiler alert. She was. Is not in three. So that tells I you. Guess, I guess they're not... Meant to be together. <laughs> Tom was immediately True like... love always. Tom was like, dropping this. Yeah, uh, that was dumb. Universal executives wanted to recast A. Michael Wall and Reggie Bannister um, because they were both really unknown. And like I said, it took Don everything he had to be like, no. No. No, no, no. We're, we're at least keeping Reggie. Right? Yeah. Um, Reggie at this point had quit acting. What like, was he up to? He was working at a funeral home and insisting oh. in embalming bodies. Oh, apt. That's apt. Okay. Yeah. So just what what did you think of Phantasm? I thought too? it was great. I, like I said, I liked it a lot better than the first one. Um, I, it just kind of hit different. I thought I liked it. I thought it was it was wild and weird, but it was fun. And it's the perfect length. Because, like, as soon as you're like, this doesn't make any... Oh, it's over. Okay, great. Yeah. Who, How are they going to wrap... The, oh, they're not. Okay, got it. Who's your favorite character? Reggie. Easily. I think it's going to stay that way for the rest of the series. No, you do, do you? I don't think... Because, really, this, like... This is the movie where everyone's like, so Reggie's the heart of these movies? Let's just keep running with that. Hmm. Right? Like... Let's just keep going. It turns into a fight between Reggie and... Spoiler. Reggie and the tall man um, with Mike in the middle. So all right. So Reggie. Well, don't hey spoilers for next week. Whatever. Come on. No, I mean, 
Yes, let me spoil Phantasm Three with the <laughs> fact that Reggie's in it and he's the lead. Yeah. So who? Um, your favorite scene? Do you have a favorite scene? I like it. Like, well, I think I've already talked about. It. I like the explosion. I like it now even more so, knowing that it was the same thing over and over. They just kind of edited it differently. Yeah, they bought a five hundred. Thought it was house. hilarious. Got five hundred dollar, very live like Welcome to America. We'll sell you a five hundred dollar, perfectly fine house. For you to you blow, blow up, up because we're widening the road. But if you want to buy an actual house to live in. Don't even think about <laughs> it. <laughs> Not on our watch, buddy. You can't Bitch. afford that shit. So, Bitch. Um, I don't know. I think everything in the mortuary at the end I love. Um, I love the whole ending of this movie. Um, I love all of the scenes with um, Reggie and uh, James Legro. I think they make a good team. I love, if we're just talking shots, mm-hmm. the first cemetery they go to where they sneak in and then the, every grave is dug up. Yeah, okay. They're at the end. Like, no, that's in like the middle. Oh, the when first he, cemetery yeah, yeah, to. okay. Like, and then they're walking across it. That's where they find um, Alchemy yep. dead and she comes back later. And I think that shot is incredible. Kind of. And I enjoy the fact that that was just basically, Dom was like, so he's... He's already got all the bodies at the graveyard. So we need to have like all the graves dug up. And then they put in the headstones and then took a backhoe and dug like a foot down on all of them. Mm-hmm. And then just put um, like black material down in the hole. So it looked like it was deep. It was like a foot oh. deep. Well, that's cool. Like, Force perspective type stuff. Like nine inches to a foot deep. And that's then cool. the, the black uh, tarp or velvet or whatever they put down. People were just like, oh, these are all the graves are dug up. Nope. Nope. They did it real fast and they did it real cheap. And that's that's Phantasm 2. They nice. did it real fast and they did it real cheap. <laughs> and it surprisingly it doesn't works. show. <laughs> like, and it works. Um, the mausoleum set that they built, right? Mm-hmm. The side rooms that you never go in, those were the bedroom sets. Oh. Because they were like, why just waste one big studio space? Way to be frugal, guys. <laughs> Wait to be. We have to long. we have to build these rooms in to the mausoleum set for perspective. Why don't we just turn them into the bedrooms so we could shoot these scenes? Cool. That makes so damn good idea. Don can take a fucking dollar. He can stretch that shit. And I just like this is the movie that I'm most sad about because if this would have been a hit like the first one was, what what would have been? Don's career would have been totally different. Um this movie bombing fucked him out of making um, Cycle of the Werewolf, the Stephen King, like, calendar book werewolf thing. I don't know, but okay. He was supposed to, like, so there's a Stephen King book that he wrote about a werewolf, and mm-hmm. it's called Cycle of the Werewolf. And there's, it's basically a calendar with a short story every month. Yeah, that, I got that. Um, and then every month, you know, there's, like, one full movie. And they made a movie out of it called Silver Bullet okay. with Corey Haim. And he was supposed to make that movie. Oh. <laughs> and then this, well, along with some Corey other issues, Hame. they were like, why don't we not have Don do it? Because. Yeah. That sucks. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Um, but Phantasm 2. Phantasm 2. What it, are we doing? It sucks when you've been future vindicated, but you've been future vindicated, Don. We love you. I am only asking because I have to for continuity. What are we watching next week, Josh? 
I was like, Phantasm 4. Fan- we're going to skip through. No, we're going to. It's Phantasm 3. Phantasm 3, y'all. Lord Join of us. the Dead. Phantasm 3, colon, Lord of the Dead. Is it really? We have a colon. Yep. Nice. Well, until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Oh, Phantasm 2. <laughs>